In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. She'd come some distance doing what any parent would do for their child. After all, we who have children or grandchildren would do the same for our kids and grandkids. God forbid we be in the same situation. But, but on this day, on this day and time, she had come to him for help, crying out for mercy on behalf of her daughter, her demon-possessed daughter. Even, even though she was a Gentile, and both culturally and socially an outcast, somehow she had heard about this man, this Jesus the Nazarene, Although she had no reason to call him as such, besides the faith inside of her which compelled her to seek him out, she addressed him rightly as her Lord. Son of David, have mercy. Have mercy on me. She prayed to him that day, a desperate prayer to the only one who could help her. In desperation, she arrived, yet full of hope and faith that Jesus would indeed help her. How did Jesus respond to this desperate plea, this cry for mercy? St. Matthew writes in verse 23 that at first he did not answer her a word. I mean, if that was, if that was not bad enough, the, the initial request what was basically seemingly ignored by the one she had sought out, those around him, his disciples, well, they weren't much help either, were they? I mean, I mean earlier they, they had appealed to our Lord's compassion they had encouraged the feeding of the multitudes there with just a, a few loaves and some fish. Uh, but now, when faced with this social outcast, and when there was no status to be gained from interceding for another, they got tired of her and said to him, send him, send him away. Lord, send her away. Get get rid of her. Now we both know how this encounter ends. We, we just read it a few moments ago for our gospel text. We know everything works out for her and her daughter. For our text today is one of miracles. The progression of Jesus's miracles recently these past Sundays. Jesus feeds the multitudes. He walks on water and calms the fears of his disciples. He heals this demon-possessed girl. And as a compliment to this lady who had sought him out in faith, Jesus tells her, you have such great faith. People of faith, you and I this day, as Christians, we love miracles, don't we? We love miracles. 
but we tend to skip over the silence. In our text today, we can overlook verse 23, but we cannot ignore the difficult and challenging truth that here the one who came to Jesus in faith initially received his silence. This morning, this morning I, I invite you to engage in an honest and thoughtful consideration of something that is pressing and difficult for all of us at one time or another. God's silence. That was awkward, wasn't it? Good. Because it is awkward. Silence is awkward. It is uncomfortable. It's infuriating. Those last eight seconds of silence probably seemed like much more to you, because I know for me it did. The pause went on longer and longer. And as the silence draws out in our minds, our minds must make sense of it. And perhaps for those eight seconds where I wasn't saying anything, you were thinking, well, this is not normal. This is a little strange. Pastor Apple lost his mind. Did he forget his coffee? Where's his sermon? Does he need help? Is he having a heat stroke? What is going on with me? Why is he just staring at me saying nothing? Sometimes the, the silence, the inaction, we go crazy with it, don't we? The absence of a response, of a reason, is sometimes more audible, and we hear it clearer and louder than the actual silence itself. The roar of silence inside of our minds is so loud that we can not only hear it, but feel it. What silence in your lives do you feel today? What silence is shouting at you today? What desperate prayers have you prayed? What cries for mercies have you pleaded with Jesus only to be answered as St. Matthew writes, with not a word. Silence is difficult because it tends to crush hope and turns hope into hopelessness. From our text today, this, this lady who went to Jesus had hoped for healing from, for her daughter. She had hoped that Jesus would hear her immediately and respond. But even before she asked for healing, she was desiring, she was looking, she was hoping in faith just for a response, any response from Jesus. A nod, a word, a glance, something to let her know that she had, her request had, her heart had, her faith had been answered by him. When the prayers, when the requests, when the hopes of our lives, when we bring them 
to the Lord. Our prayers for healing, for restoration, for justice, for peace, for whatever that you and I have been constantly bringing to him. When we go just as that woman in our text did, pleading, crying, begging for a response, when after days, weeks, months, maybe a lifetime of asking God for something and there is no change, not even seemingly an acknowledgement to our request, When the roar of God's silence inside our minds and hearts is so loud that we can not only hear it, but feel it from this silence, from this deafening silence, faith arises. As the writer of Hebrews uh, puts it, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. We see an example of this faith in our text today. The unnamed Gentiles woman's faith was not futile. Our faith is not futile either. Both the Gentiles woman's faith and our faith is based upon the sure promise that indeed Jesus Christ is Lord and that God does indeed hear us for the sake of his son. So we come to him like the woman came to Jesus, continually crying out, Lord, have mercy upon me. Lord, help me. But we struggle. Maybe you experience this struggle as well. For over 20 years, I have experienced this struggle. In fact, I do today. From the dealing and the pleading, from the energetic request that I've made to God to those I've made in apathy. That which I pray for, that would make me so much better. Lord, remove this from my life. I would be such a better father, husband, person, and pastor if it was not there. That which I had hoped would be removed from my life. That's what causes me such difficulty on a daily and hourly basis. That which I can let no one see or know about, but I fear that everyone sees. Lord, have mercy on me. But yet, in my own life, there has not been a response, not one word. Maybe you can relate to me today on this. That the balance of faith given and sustained by God, but also the silence, the silence of God to that which we see, we go to him for a response in faith. And as I pondered the text this week and its personal implications for my life, the hope for me today, the hope that I cling on to in the faith that God has given me in my baptism and the hope that you cling to today and the faith that he has given you in your baptism is found in verse 28. Then Jesus answered her. Then Jesus answered her. This promise of Jesus' answering us is sure and steadfast. But it's a promise that Jesus will respond to us, but not necessarily do our will. Not necessarily respond to the way that we ask, no. It is a promise that he will answer and will do what is best. You see, Unlike the Gentile lady in our text today whose, whose journey was uh, pretty much completed with the healing of her daughter, your story, my story, our faith journey is, is still 
underway. Verse 28 maybe hasn't taken place in your life. It certainly has not taken place in my life yet. But I know that it will for the sake of Christ. So in that frustrating, saddening, and deafening silence of God is broken by the trumpets and his perceived absence in this world is replaced with his glorious, unmistakable presence. Then we will know the fullness of his mercy. Then verse 28 has been completed. Then God will answer everything and bring all things to restoration and make everything new. Like he did for that unnamed Canaanite lady and her daughter, God will bring you and me eternal healing, hope, restoration, and peace for all that we have struggled with and prayed for and remain in silence awaiting an answer. In the meantime, as we wait in confident hope within the silence, we live in this faith, in this hope, continuing appealing to the trust mercy, and love of our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ, knowing that verse 28 is yet to come in your life and in mine. For his sake, amen.